to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So Memorial Day is an important day, <clears throat> of course, in this country. And it's interesting for me to learn about Memorial Day as someone who didn't grow up with it. Uh, when you don't grow up with something, it has little meaning. And it's actually really cool when you go in and then say, let's make meaning. You know, let's try to understand the meaning that it has for the people that live here. So I learned that Memorial Day was not always called Memorial Day. It was called Decoration Day a long time ago, and it was then changed into Memorial Day. And it, it actually started after the Civil War. How many of you knew that? Oh, look, see, you're great. <laughs> so it started after the Civil War, and it was actually only limited to the soldiers that, that lost their lives during the Civil War up until World War I. During or after World War I, it was decided that the um, honoring, the commemoration of the fallen is extended to all of those who have lost their lives doing any war in the United States. Another thing I didn't know, which is really the inspiration of today's talk, was that on Memorial Day tomorrow, at exactly 3 p.m. local time, there is a national moment of silence. Who knew that? Some, okay. And it was so strikingly interesting to me. I mean, I've lived here now for 11 years. I've, uh, I'm married for over 23 years now to an American and never really knew about that moment of silence. And it struck me when we think about those who have lost their lives, who gave their lives for this country, and needless to say, also those who lost their lives needlessly this week, that silence is really important. You know, I checked with a veteran this week because I wasn't really sure, again, not growing up with Memorial Day, I'm, I'm sometimes not exactly clear on the custom and what is proper to do and what is not proper to do. So I was asking the veteran, I said, what do you think if I extended the invitation for our lighting ceremony today to the, our congregation to light the candle for, of course, those who have fallen, a loved one they know, or someone, or in general, if we extend that to anyone who would like to light the candle for the community in Uvalde? And here's the response I got, which I thought was just beautiful. I think any of the fallen and their families will be honored to be included with the children and will be honored to have the children included in their ceremony. And I hope you all feel the same way. It's in no way a disrespect, but 
I just want to extend this opportunity to come together in just a few minutes. And whether you want to commemorate a fallen one from your family or maybe a friend or some, uh, you know, a child from Uvalde or anyone who lost a life or their community, whatever it is, or both, then I welcome you today to come up. So let's talk about silence. There is a clear importance on silence that I think is often misunderstood <clears throat> and often not really taught well. In fact, when you go all the way back to the creation story in the Hebrew scriptures in Genesis chapter 1, we know that God created the world in six days. But there was one more day where God rested. And in unity, we actually take this creation story and we, we look at the creation story and interpret it in a way so we learn to understand how we are actually creating in our lives, how we manifest things in our lives, good or bad, what's connected, what are the things that we do in order to be able to create. And most of us actually only learn the first six days because that's the days of creation. And we forget that God rested. And isn't that an invitation also for us to rest? That when we want anything in our lives, when we want to process our feelings, when we want to change the world so that we have less shootings, less brutality, less violence around the world, then we need to remember that Part of creation is also to let creation be and rest into that creation. What are we doing instead? Mostly, we're running around. We're going from one thing to do to the next thing to do to the next thing to do, right? It doesn't even matter anymore whether we have work or we are retired or we have all sorts of things. It's usually a one after the other and after the other and after the other. How often do we consciously choose to be silent and to rest, even just for a moment? Brene Brown, I'm sure you, most of you are familiar with, she says this, crazy busy is a great armor. It's a great way for numbing. What a lot of us do is that we stay so busy and so out in front of our life that the truth of how we're feeling and what we really need can't catch up with us. Who resonates with that? Few, right? I, I see this in myself, right? If I look at my, my calendar for next week, I kind of go, oh, I'm already tired, right? Just by looking at the calendar, not even going through it. And then I got to remind myself I have to, you know, put in those moments of rest and those moments of silences because in the end, I'm exactly that. I'm making myself crazy busy. And guess what? Since Tuesday, I've been trying to make myself crazy busy. You know, can we do more? Can we do a prayer vigil? Can we do... This, can we do that? It's just another form of busyness, while at the same time, 
I'm inviting the congregation who joined us during the prayer vigils we already had to stop and rest and allow the emotions that we have to be there, not to get away from it, not to run away from it, not to deny them, but to be with them and be okay with them. This is so fresh right now. There is no need to make sense of it, quite frankly. It's more important to say, this is where we are at. This is where I am at as an individual, and this is where we are at as a community. Rumi once said, the cure for pain is in the pain. The cure for pain is in the pain. It's a deep wisdom that is hundreds of years old. This is not the Rumi that most of you are thinking about. This is the Rumi from the medieval ages, the original Rumi. And it's actually a teaching that you see, especially in the Eastern philosophies, in Buddhism, where we understand that when we are in fear, when we are in pain, our inkling, our first action is to run away from it, to just go as fast as we can, let me get off stage because and leave the pain behind. But guess what? Will the pain stay behind on stage? No, the pain stays with us. Instead, we are taught in Buddhism to lean into the pain. Because only there, the cure for that pain is happening. In modern terms, it's as simple as that, as just stay with the pain. Stay with it. Allow it to happen, allow it to move through, allow it to grow, allow it to to decrease, allow it to move around, and eventually and hopefully just let go and leave it be. Rather than running out and see if you can buy a new mattress at the best possible discount or if you want to get a new car or something, which is not a bad thing to do, but be aware, is it that crazy business that you're trying to accomplish? Or are you giving yourself the time and the silence and the rest it takes to be with whatever is going on with you. And if you're not in pain, that's fine too. If you're angry, be angry. If you're frustrated, confused, if you feel numb, be that. Because the more you can be that, the deeper we all can feel and dive into the truth of who and what we are. Out of silence then, comes prayer. And quite frankly, I've mentioned it during both prayer vigils, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing my thoughts and prayer are with you. Don't you? I'm getting especially tired of hearing it when you hear it said, my thoughts and prayers are with you and let me do this, blah, 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 blah. There's no moment of silence. There's no moment of rest. There's no moment of honoring what we just said. If we truly believed that our thoughts and prayers are with you, whoever, we would give it a moment of rest. We would give it a moment that would honor that statement. 
And I'm not saying then when you say that, that you're in the wrong. I'm just saying that we all can probably tell when we watch the, the news and when we talk to some uh, to each other in the community that sometimes the same phrase can feel really hollow and empty and almost worthless, whereas some other times the same words can feel rich and kind and compassionate and full and heartfelt. So what about prayer? Prayer is about reaching out to each other. And the Dalai Lama is very big on taking action with our spirituality. He said this, it is necessary to help others not only in our prayers. Prayers are not enough. But in our daily lives, if we find we cannot help others, then at least what we can do is to desist from harming them. We need to do more than just pray, especially when that hollow kind of our thoughts and prayers are with you, allow, let, me get on, let me go on with my life, right? That kind of thoughts and prayers is not very effective. Mahatma Gandhi said, prayer is not asking, which is the traditional form of prayer, right? We ask God to do something for us. But prayer is a longing of the soul. I love that. Prayer is a longing of the soul, a longing of divinity, a longing of expressing God in its purest form, which is love, grace, compassion, and peace. It is daily admission of one's weakness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without heart. Today we're going to do three things. We're going to take communion together. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. And we're going to come together and perform this lighting ceremony. Communion is often misunderstood. In Catholicism, people are withheld the right for communion for various reasons. In unity, it's actually very uncommon to take community because there is a missing connection between what it actually means and how we can relate to it. The Lord's Prayer is often not used in unity because it is too Christian or too traditional, rather than understanding what the Lord's Prayer is really about. Those of you who have studied unity and have taken those classes that talk about the Lord's Prayer and talk about communion have that greater understanding. And today, we're going to come to that greater understanding to do it by doing it together. When Jesus 
broke the bread and shared the wine, it was at the time when his disciples fully understood that he is not going to be there much longer. They fully understood that their teacher, their idol, their God even, would go away. And all of a sudden, they will be left alone. And I cannot help but sometimes feel alone when I imagine what the people in Uvalde have to go through right now. I've heard it many times now, loss of faith, crisis of faith, not knowing whether or not we still want to believe in that kind of God that allows this to happen, and so on. And I'm sure some of us have the same thoughts, same feelings around it. And there's really not, some, not much that we can say because right now, it's not about taking what we feel and taking what we go through and put it aside. Right now, it's about acknowledging it and say, this is where I'm at, and to learn that it is okay. Because in unity, we truly believe that the divine presence is fully expressed within all of us. The divine presence doesn't need any changing. It doesn't need any adjustments. It doesn't need anything but us to remember to open our hearts to our community and ourselves. That's what it is about. So when Jesus broke the bread and shared the wine, we know that he was saying, this is my body and this is my blood. We interpret this in unity a little bit different. We interpret bread as being substance out of which everything is created and wine being a symbol of vitality, of energy, of life. Both are needed. We need to know that we are in the position of creating out of nothing everything we desire. Yes, right now we may be too emotional, too drawn to pain, too drawn to anger and suffering and sadness and everything. But once that starts to disappear, and it will, once it starts to alleviate, then we need to remember that we have access to this bread of life in every moment. And we actually are in charge of taking action for whatever we want to see happening. If we want to see a decrease in school shootings, it's not someone else who is going to do this. Guess what? Who is it going to do it? Who is important? It's us, right? It's got to start with us. And even if it's at as little as stopping, stop the war within ourselves, that only can change life tremendously. Because once we are willing to stop going at war with ourselves and with our families and friends and our community, we're actually starting to change the way we relate to each other. And we have that substance, we have that bread of life, we have that body of Christ available to us in every moment of our lives. And whenever we choose, we will 
make the right choice and recreate life. Of course, we need people who go and change legislation. We need people who have those difficult conversations. We need people out there as well. But it all starts within us, because if we don't change within ourselves, then none of us will ever be inspired to step up and do anything. And instead, what will happen is complacency. Oh, well, just another shooting. What can we do about it? Right? And again, it's OK to feel that way right now. But I'm talking two and three weeks down the road. I'm asking the question, what are we going to do individually and as a community to change this? In whatever way that looks like. We all have different opinions how to, how to solve this problem. Can we really sit together, sit down with each other, and address this problem so the problem can finally go away? And once we make the choice of taking the bread of life and create out of nothing the thing that we desire, then we drink wine. We drink wine to give it power, to give life to it, to give energy to it, and to move whatever we desire into this world. We allow our love and wisdom to exalt for goodness of this world. So I invite you now to take your communion cup. <clears throat> and for those of you who have never done this before, and I struggle every single time, so there's a little thing on top you know, that, that, that peels off first that will give you access to the waiver. That is the bread of life. Okay? And if you don't have any of those cups, please raise your hand so we can give you one. There's one. Okay. And, and don't be scared. It will probably stick at the top of your roof of your mouth, so it's going to be really, and that is okay, right? So remember, body of Christ means substance, the infinite potential out of which we're we can create whatever we desire. And if we desire that the wars will decrease and our shootings will decrease, then that right now we can desire out of this bread that we take together. And now to the more difficult part. You may need a hand, maybe from someone. It's, it's you have to break the bottom, look, I can do it today without soiling myself. So you just slowly open. And um, for those of you, it's not wine, I'm sorry to say. It's grape juice. And so it's just simple grape juice. You give access to that without soiling yourself too much. And we remember as we take this together that wine represents the vitality in life, the power of life, our ability to give energy to anything we desire with energy and life and the wine as it represents, we bring it, whatever we desire, into manifestation.
Communion unites us. I'm actually quite surprised that unity doesn't do this more often because it's such a beautiful way of coming together as a family and unite us in those ways of being. And we're going to have two things left. In just a moment, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together, but I will introduce the Lord's Prayer to you with a scripture passage from Matthew about prayer. And I want you to take that in, and then we will say the prayer together. We use the King James Version. It's going to be up on screen. And then we're going to start moving into our lighting ceremony. And I'm going to show you um, how to light the candles and then invite you to come up. You know, Jesus had a great teaching when he came to prayer. And it really ties into why we need to learn to be silent and to rest once in a while, and why prayer is so much more powerful than we often think. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15, you will find Jesus' teachings on prayer, including the Lord's Prayer. And he says here, And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. My thoughts and prayers are with you. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now just take a moment in a short meditation. As the lights are lowered, I want you to focus on the lights just before you close your eyes. And bring to mind again everyone you have been honoring, commemorating, giving your heart today. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do together is to do something very simple. Just like lighting a candle, we're lighting the fire 
and the light within ourselves. So I invite you now to close your eyes and lower your gaze and recognize this opportunity to come together with a peaceful heart. Paul says that we should all give thanks in all circumstances. So we give thanks today to those who have been willing to show up today and be present. Whether in person or online, We come together as our hearts are bleeding for those who have given their lives in war to find peace for all of us. For those who have given their lives so young. We come together and remember that it is in our power, in our glory, to change. We remember the light, the light as, as it was created on the first day. And we build upon our faith, the faith that may be struggling and crumbling right now, and yet, we remember. We imagine a world so perfect that it's just like the Garden of Eden. We imagine a world without war, without violence. And thanks to our understanding, and the wisdom that we bring to this life, everything that we have done and we will do, we all come together in this one love and one power and one presence. With an open and compassionate heart, We make a different choice. We choose differently from now until forever. We choose to be at peace. We choose to be love itself. We choose to be the light we choose to do no harm. And then we rest. We rest to reflect upon our creation. We rest to reflect and adjust 
wherever it needs to be. This is the power and glory of God given to all of us. And we take that power of glory in every moment and allow it to serve us and serve our community toward that Garden of Eden that we so know well and imagine. So let us be grateful for those who have given their lives so that we can be here and make a different choice. Let us be grateful for those who care enough to take a moment out of their busy lives and rest. Let us be grateful for the teachings that we follow, the inspiration that we are. Let us be grateful for this community and for what it stands. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.